I mean, we're talking to the number one real estate Snapchatter in the United States, according to Inman. We're talking to somebody who is listed as the one of the top 10 dominated people in the real estate industry on Snapchat 2016. We're talking to the author. Author. Of I was like, like is an author pictures. first ahead of that stuff? I mean, I like to end with the bang. Welcome to The Solution, a real estate podcast hosted by Jeff Seabot and Phil Sexton. It's time to put the consumer first in real estate. Our podcast offers state-of-the-art internet tactics and lead conversion methods. We teach you how to become a better realtor and a more valued resource that your sphere will want to use. Welcome to episode 68 of The Solution, a real estate podcast. Time to put the consumer first in real estate. This is where we talk to practitioners, we talk to marketers, we talk to people in the real estate industry, and we ask them what they're doing to help industry influencers, especially today. Industry influencers is today's episode for sure. Yes, Industry, wait a minute. It doesn't say that there, but we can. We know that that's what it is. But talking in pictures, author... Chelsea, is it pizza or is it pipes? Do you always I, get I, asked I, that question? Yeah, Wait, I, let's I, bring her on. Welcome to the show, Chelsea. So excited to be here. Yes, it rhymes with lights. It's pipes. Oh, lights. <laughs> Look, I have it written as pipes. <laughs> I think it rhymes with lights, though. That, rhymes that's with easier. Lights. I'll, I'll right. remember that. Like a little bulb. Welcome to the show, Chelsea. We appreciate you coming aboard. Thank you guys so much for having me. I'm really excited. Of course. So we have a little background on Chelsea. Actually, well, since you spoke of background, I have to comment that this, I think the best background, I mean. That we've seen. That we've seen behind Chelsea. Like, congratulations on being (laughs) podcast ready. Because that's freaking fabulous there. That's Facebook Live ready. That's Podcast yeah, that's I have my own podcast ready. I mean, there's no yeah. doubt that she's a yeah. she talks in pictures, dude. Okay. Of course, her background's gonna be good. <laughs> Let's be real. And I'm excited that we actually have a, a copy, a signed copy of talking in pictures to give away to a lucky audience. Is member. it the whoever asked the best question today? I think that it's Ooh. partly whoever asked the best question, and another part of whoever it is that we feel should get the signed copy of Talking in Pictures, which was published October 29th, 2017. Awesome. Yes. Good deal. All right. So, Chelsea, you we met you back, I'm going to go with like 2015, yeah. something like that. You, when we met you, you were... A local girl. A local, a local girl. A local right. expert. She still is. You're, you live You're in, Phine- still a local. in Phoenix. Yeah. Shout out to the fellow Phoenicians. But you worked at Fidelity National Title Agency, which is a local branch here. And you supported the people in this local Arizona right. for market. For our national crowd, she was the uh, representative just in Arizona for one brand of Fidelity National Finance. So. Right. When, we met her, when we met her, yes. Called Fidelity. Like when we went to lunch with her, right? Yes. Although we did celebrate a couple of times. I might have seen dance. Have I ever seen you dance? At- or is that only Sharon that dances at clubs in Inman? Because I feel like we were there with you. <laughs> I thought you were going to say dance with the stars behind her. <laughs> Hold on. What did you say? Parties at Inman. So possible, right? Agreed. Agreed. Yes. So when we met you, you were you were a local a local uh, employee, and then you left and you went on your own, which I consider one of the best negotiation tactics I've seen in a while because it worked. Well, I wouldn't quite call it that. I I really love where I'm at, and I love the people, and you know I miss them. So I uh, I'm very fortunate to have the, the great fortune of working with people that I consider family and friends and they treat me really well and gave me my dream job. I, so you worked at the local, yeah. absolutely. You worked local, you left for three months and then you come back as the vice president, national director of social sales for the the main brand, FNF, the fortune state 208, three, like, the countrywide national, national company, brand, right? Like, and oh, like you were here. here. One brand and four and four. Yeah, like that. Wow. So well done. We... I love it. I love getting up every day, doing what I do, and it's been really fun. It's a great company to work for. Awesome. Well, so obviously, I, I, you're good based at the on that, So are you still more, you know, when I think of social, I think of three major brands. I think of Snapchat, Facebook, and Instagram. If I'm yeah. missing any, please let me know. But LinkedIn is there one that you have? A pre- I mean, LinkedIn's now, yes. you know, thanks to Gary making a huge run. What, which one do yeah. you... Maybe enjoy most? Yeah. 
So I loved and still love Snapchat, but a lot of people left. A lot of people went to Instagram and I love Instagram. I'm not a lover so much of the Instagram feed, like the posts, but I love Instagram stories. It's, it's totally my jam. I love it. I spend most of my time there. Um, I do love Facebook too. And I'm really, really starting to like LinkedIn. I was not a LinkedIn fan for a few years, but the last, I would say quarter of this year, I've really gotten into it and I'm liking it a lot more. So yeah, I, I'm not big on Twitter. I just, it's not really my jam, but I do love LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, and Snapchat. Probably Instagram's number one right now. Okay. So when you say you're not big on Twitter, does that mean that you have posts that are auto fed there? And you don't manually go interact? No, I only manually interact on anything. I don't do any auto posting. I also don't do any really like cross posting. All of my content that I do every day is original to each platform, which is a lot of content. So if I go to LinkedIn, I post something original there. And then I go to Facebook and post something totally original there. And so on and so on. You must be a, a literary expert then because the I mean the, the I find the hard thing with the multiple channels with the Facebook the the Instagram the Snapchat the the LinkedIn is the different message distinction that seems to reach the largest audience on each is you know that variation is difficult when you have like one great moment and then you got to catch it so many different ways how do you how do you achieve that yeah, that, that's hard because it's even hard for someone like myself who is it, it now it's kind of become second nature or a habit to like learn the platforms. First of all, you have to learn them. And that's the hard part because then you're like, oh, my gosh, I have to learn how to use them. The second hardest part is remembering to just get out your phone and use them. And then once you sort of have those things going on, then you've got to figure out how do I have the time and time block and do all the things. Right. And I'm going to go here and here and here. And then there's yes. all these places Within Facebook, I could do a story, I could do a page, I could do a group, and there's just like so much stuff. And for me, I've even had a time block, like Mondays and Wednesdays are this, and then Tuesdays and Thursdays. But I'm not really great at organizing myself that way. So generally speaking, I just have literally a post-it note, and I look at it every day, and I check it off, and that's what I do. Like, that's my high-tech, my high-tech nice. there. Nice. <laughs> Yeah, I hate, I hate writing, but wait, well done with post notes. So <laughs> I just want these things here where when you post to Instagram, it's like, do you want to share to Facebook? Do you want to share to Twitter? Do you want to share to Tumblr? You don't use those. I don't, and here's why. Because we're all really get bored of things really quickly. And let's face it, it's 2019. Pretty much most people are using more than one social media platform. So if I get bored of going to Facebook and I've wasted like five minutes there and I've caught up on my feed and then I go to Instagram, if I see the same thing on every platform, I'm likely to maybe stop looking at that person's content because I'm going to assume that it's the same thing I already saw. And so I like having something different and also people get to see like the whole story if they go to all the places. Like I almost like call it like Easter eggs. Like you don't get the same thing, but you get the same story. So if I go on vacation, you might get three or four different videos or photos on Instagram. You're going to go to Facebook and get some other ones. So you know what's happening, but you get like the full story by going to all of them. So I, I guess I just look at what I would like and that's why I do it that way. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So then here's another one that I that I uh, see these days, and that's where you take a picture of what you posted on Twitter and you post it on Instagram as its own content. Yeah, you can definitely do that. You can definitely. Have you ever seen uh, what's his name? Uh, Gary. It's uh, Gary. Oh yeah. Have you ever seen Gary Vaynerchuk do that? I have seen it a time or two, yes. <laughs> right, and D-Rock, right? D-Rock does yeah. it too. Yeah. And I I find it interesting that um, you get different people that interact with your content on the different platforms. So you mm-hmm. may reach four people over here and then three people over there. There are some cross, like where this person will comment on both of them on Instagram or Facebook or and LinkedIn. Mm. But I find it it's even when even when you're on Instagram, the difference of commenters in your story versus mm-hmm. on your feed you, is noticeable. Right. 
And it really depends on some of the platforms on the algorithms. And like for Facebook, you know, what content gets shown to you is going to depend on how you engage and look at certain things. If you like to watch video, you'll see more videos. And that doesn't exactly happen in say Instagram. So you know, they, they serve you pretty much everything and it's really determined on your behavior. Whereas Facebook, the more I comment on something, the more I watch someone's story, it, it changes the lineup for me. So I get to see, like, if I'm always watching your story, you're always going to show up, like, in the first few right. stories, in the first few options. So that's some of it. Um, but like you said, you know, exactly, each, each platform has its own language. And certain people like certain things. And it's we can't, like, three or four years ago say, well, I'm really big on Facebook, but I don't do anything else. Because people are starting to adopt multiple platforms and they get bored of one and go to the next one five minutes later. So, okay. So from a marketing standpoint, that is just, I think one of our comments, I don't see who left the comment, but one of our comments says they didn't spell it all the way out, but it looks like your favorite word. Yes. Huh? Mike Schutte said, something. (laughs) I can't (laughs) Right. Because this decentralization of social networks Mm. means that there's got to be this decentralization of marketers efforts to reach everybody. And that just takes a lot of time. I mean, no greater than our my one of my things this year, one of my goals for 2018 was to improve at Instagram. And it was Mm -hmm. what you said in your first comment is first you have to get familiar with it. And I was not familiar with it. And now I'm a little familiar with it. And but. Honestly, we're still struggling, but since we got an expert on the show, I would like to say, right, like, um, it's harder to grow an audience than I thought it would be. I mean, actually, since Mike Shiddon spoke out, like, obviously, growing your Facebook audience, they did a great job with Go Gilbert. Like, that's fabulous. But Instagram, it seems very finicky. Any advice to give to those out there looking to grow their Instagram following? Yeah, the, the thing about Instagram, I agree with you. I personally find it harder as well to grow on Instagram than say Facebook. Um, but what I will tell you is that Instagram super, super proactive and you have to spend the time really researching people, looking at who their followers are, going and looking at those people's profiles, connecting with them. And then you have to spend time watching their story or their content and start commenting. So unfortunately, I mean, actually, I love it because influencers, is that what you're saying? The influencers? I missed that. Sorry, there was a little I'm delay. Even, no, not even influencers, but like, for example, if I wanted to go into your Instagram account and I could see, you know, who you're following, I can then go and look at each one of those people and look at their accounts and I can follow those people. And typically you get like 20%, maybe a little bit more people that will just follow you back just for merely you connecting with them. But for me, I'd rather, instead of going wide with it, I like to go really deep with it, which is why I prefer the stories. I think every I think every person on the planet who has a small business or is an entrepreneur, real estate or otherwise, should be using stories because that's where people are really spending their time right now. I think I read a statistic yeah. that it's growing like 15 times faster than the feed ever grew. And so Facebook's going all in on stories, even though they don't make a lot of money off of it yet. And by, well, next year, which is like two weeks away from now, stories content is absolutely going to eclipse feed content. So that means that people who are actually creating content in that story format, as well as, as well as commenting to each other, talking, that is actually more than anything that was ever in the feed. So more than the comments in the feed, more than posts in the feed, that's a lot because stories has only been around for two years. So that's here's what it is. is Jeff needs you to slow it down. Yeah, right. Like it's like listening to Phil talk about the internet. (laughs) Uh, Come on, someone in the audience has got to agree with me, right? Like like, twenty two seconds into that minute and a half, like I mean, eye to eye. Okay, keep it going. So what? Well, I find where's the mute button? I find Instagram stories is a lot easier to shoot. Then to try and pick that one fancy like for me it's easier to clip that stuff. I mean, is you're saying that there are people are commenting more on the stories? Yes, is that what you said? people are okay. commenting more and and talking more to each other mainly because it's private. So if I saw something on Facebook, is that what you mean by the dark it, social? 
Uh, yeah, dark social, not not like bad social, but dark social meaning more private because if you think about it, look at a Facebook post where you might get some comments, but you don't really have conversation. But if you actually Facebook message that person, you could get into a back and forth, like a regular you know, text message, personal conversation. People are more apt to talk and to give more and like, you know, share more if you're in like the enclosed environment. And nobody knows in Instagram stories if, if anybody else made a comment. I mean, that's why I love Snapchat. There was no metrics. Nobody could tell if you were a big deal or you weren't. You're just a random person off the street. There was no numbers. So people were just there to engage with each other. But Facebook stories, if one in five in, or Instagram stories, one in five Instagram stories leads to a direct message. What 20% of anyone's content is leading to somebody literally proactively coming to me and talking to me? That's a pretty important, impactful number, which is why I personally think social media is going to just become stories in the next couple of years. Wow. I like it. I like your take. I um, <laughs> I thought though when you were on stage at Inman, it was what do you call that one? The um, the main stage. The main stage. The yeah. big stage. Yeah. <laughs> the one where you have to buy a really expensive uh, dress to be on. Yes, right. <laughs> that, that should match the Flowery. cover of your Flowery. book. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Or, I thought that your presentation on um, I mean it was it was well done, but the. The dive into the, and I hope I'm using the right word here, the like physiology of connecting with people through social was just different. I thought it was a different angle that you took on talking about it. I think that that's why you were there because you you have this different way of looking at it that is science, man. Yeah. It still works, right? It's still us. Like It's funny because as I'm talking to you right now on this podcast, I'm looking at the picture of you on your screen, not at my camera. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like yes. I'm not making eye Natural. contact with my camera. Yeah. So it looks like I'm looking at your face so that yeah. we're having a conversation that feels very real. And I thought your dive for the physiology of it is if that's even the right word was, was awesome. It was just a cool take, cool perspective. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. I feel like if I can explain to people in a way that has nothing to do with social media, because they look at stuff and they're like, okay, well, I've been really successful without it. But I'm not trying to change people's opinions. I'm trying to say, well, what about this? If you look at it a different way, just like how we're built as humans, the biology, the psychology, the sociology, and now it just happens to be in a new format. And I think that especially people with young kids like us, we see that when we look at our kids do something with technology that we never taught them. And that still blows my mind. And I'm like, it's just crazy how behaviors are being trained right now with things that we use all over the house and our phones and all of that. I mean, I had a first cause David, who is my two year old, mm -hmm. he turned two in August when he got Alexa to play the music that he wanted. It was a big first in his world. Yeah. Right. And I'm very proud okay. to say that right. it was Alexa play Bob Marley. Yeah. Okay. Let's, and it let, works. Let, hold on. Sorry. Maybe both of you are younger than me, but we're gonna have to slow this down a little bit, okay. right? Like, like, uh, I want to talk about Alexa too, and I love the audio, and we're we're into that. But I right now. You hear it? It's playing my I I Watching my son go through his Snapchat feed, though, is what I was thinking of when you were just talking about that point and watching the evolution of it because. For him, it's just so natural. For, where for me, I still don't organically think I want to post everything. Where like the you know it's when Gary, when Gary was said on stage that he wanted nineteen mm -hmm. pieces of content, like they're posting like five one hundred and fifty to two hundred. What? It's because you haven't posted content and then gotten enough feedback. Once you start getting feedback from the people on the content that you post and they're engaging you, then you oh, no, no, no. Then it's too it, It's because I turn off notifications. I, my notifications are, <laughs> I don't want to look at it. My notifications yeah. are off too, but when you go into the platform, it tells you what's been going on. And uh, for me personally, I started posting on the story. And then when feedback started coming, I've now, I, I've started mm. after the Tony Robbins thing, I started jumping in my pool every morning. Yeah. And I don't I research. <laughs> right, it's cold, but I haven't yeah. researched. I haven't researched anything about the cold plunge yet because I'm putting it on my story. I have people educate what the cold plunge is, and that 
I was doing it wrong and that I was, I needed to do it different. And now I know that Tony Robbins jumps in 52 degree water for 60 seconds. And I didn't have to go research that. That was people coming to me from my story telling me how to do it. It was just, and you weren't in the water long enough. Is that what they said to you? Oh yeah. Like (laughs) multiple people. It didn't count. Like hashtag is already crazy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So now I count to 10 and then somebody said, you're counting to 10 too fast. So now I'm counting to 10 slower. I feel that I'm having true interactions with people through that platform, which encourages I'm me to post on it more. I'm truly concerned that this is engaging content. Okay, good Sorry, deal. All right. Comments, comments. Hold on. Go ahead, Chelsea. Okay, you bring a good point, though, what you just said, um, Jeff, about engaging content. Because I was just thinking about this today. And I was, like, out running. I get, like, my best ideas when I'm doing that. And I started to think about, oddly enough, I started to think about figure skating. <laughs> I'm not a figure skating fan. Like, there's nothing, you know, I, you know, I, I love to watch it, though, on the Olympics. Even if you're not a fan, right? Even if I you're not a fan, you like okay. to watch it because, or even if it's like tennis. I don't play tennis, but I like watching it because I like watching people with skill. Even like if we think it's like mundane, like your skill is you're very comfortable in front of the camera, you make great content, people enjoy watching people do what they do well. It doesn't matter if it's cooking or, you know, jumping into a pool or whatever it is. And also people forget there really is magic in the mundane. It's a very intimate thing when you're just talking about your day. And even though people may not be stopping to comment on it, you don't have to appeal to the masses. Like people always give this example. I don't want to post what I had for lunch. Yeah, that's fine. I wouldn't consider that amazing content. However, look at it this way. What if you talked about like your lunch or something and you're like gluten-free, blah, blah, blah. Some one person might be like, oh my gosh, I just decided to go gluten-free. I'd love to know. Da, da, da. They might ask you all these questions. They might give you all of their you know, opinions. So you never know what content is going to reach the end person. It doesn't always have to be super edited, super like tips, how to that real piece of it and being relatable is, is really what's going to go deep with people. I think that's a great point. I I agree with that a hundred percent. Well said. We we got people that want to ask some questions. Are you open to some questions? All right. So Jim Mitchell says, can I get a signed copy of Chelsea's book? No. Oh no, 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 it doesn't. It says, sorry, no, it says, Chelsea, for realtors, do you think it's a better plan to use a call to action on an Instagram story that requires someone to swipe up to go to a separate website versus just giving a market update, advertise a new listing or open house, et cetera? And what call to action messages would you suggest? Mm-hmm. Before you ever do call to actions, I mean, I kind of have these weird little phrases that I say because my brain works that way. I always say don't reach unless you teach, right? So don't give, go right for the, here's the ad, swipe up, here's my open house, here's my listing. People want to get to know you. Your brand is not a house, right? That's an important part of what you do. But people want to, especially in a story format, they want to get to know you. They want to see what your day-to-day is. They want to see the behind the scenes. They want to see what your life is and what you do and how you help people and create solutions. Once you have kind of given some of that, I love the idea of giving like the market update or what's going on. I would pepper in some of those calls to action. But if, if seven are, yeah, are swipe ups, I'm just tapping, I'm swiping next. I'm not even looking at what it is because I'm not having this human interaction. So if it's just like, and honestly, that's why I don't watch some of the big influencer stuff. It's always like, here's this and here's swipe up and that's great, but you have to like give the, the person the human side. But as far as a call to action on the swipe up feature, you cannot swipe up on Instagram stories unless you have over 10,000 followers, which that's a lot. That's a big amount. I don't have that much. So well, the only thing we're almost there. Swipe up, <laughs> also, the only you can swipe up is if you do a paid promotion. And yes, Instagram story ads is becoming really big. I definitely recommend that people get into that um, and learn how to do them. But I think that you have to really focus on real human content before you get heavily into swipe ups and go here and do this. Um, and it has to be something really interesting that they're going to want to swipe up on. I rarely do it. I rarely have an ask because I just want to give people all the things and all the information because then they're like, I appreciate that. You're not making me go to a paywall or log in somewhere. People remember that. And it's a really big, big thing. And once you've earned that, then you get to do some of those things. So let's say that we are now, I'm a, I'm a Chelsea believer. You've jab, jab, jabbed for us, right? You've, You've taught us and now you have the right 
to reach or to right hook. What is your right hook? What is your reach? What are you hoping that people that have gotten good information, which I'm hearing from our audience members that Chelsea is always bringing it. Great job. Like you got fans out there. What can we do as fans to help you? Oh, well, me personally, I mean, I, I, I have a hard time doing like the ask because I have to be really passionate about the thing that I want to ask for. The only thing I ever ask for is for people to go and subscribe to whether it's my flash briefing or whatever it may be. But I think if you're like in the industry and you're a lender, or you're a, a realtor, you know, that swipe up or that call to action would be something that obviously benefits the consumer. Like, what is it that's going to excite that person that's going to mean something to them? And that they're going to say, you know what, I, I want that, I need that. And that's, you know, sometimes it can be really simple, but we really overcomplicate those things. But it's it's not about us as the person, as the advertiser, as the swipe upper. It's about them and how we can help them and what information they would need. Like, here's an example. So let's say I moved to um, Chandler, okay? I've lived here forever, since 93, in, in the greater Phoenix area. Familiar with Chandler, but as many people are, I'm not that familiar with it, right? Because I kind of stay in my hood. But as a mom, if I had to move there, I would want to know all the things I don't think of. Like, I need a pediatric dentist. Like, that's something you don't think of when you move. I would want to know, like, what, um, like, facialist is the best one there, uh, so it's like the little things about yesterday that you can put, what do you want a whole list about? You just had something simple like that, or that you could share with people. So it doesn't always have to be a download, a guide or anything like that. It can be something really simple that would be super useful to me as somebody who is like, wow, that saved me time. It has to be something really time saving or helps me save money or time or Something I can't get from Google, which is pretty rare. I like it. I mean, I'm going to, there's, I got two more comments for you and then we'll dive deeper yeah, into, the, into the consumer. Yes, agree. It's just been so good. Well, so she, I thought I that what you just introduced on the consumer front is great, but I want to first say Mike asked a question. He's, or actually, I think maybe it's, it's more a of a statement. statement. Since you're talking about social media, this new Netflix movie is a must. It talks about how many of the different platforms and how people became famous i watched it last night and it was very good and i don't have the name of it Did yeah. you see the name of it it's linked it, in the comments have you is seen it, the, it is it the creepy line might be the creepy line or it could be um uh follow, slow internet follow me follow while, I think we're, while we're waiting for uh mauricio to pull up the internet jim mitchell said oh american meme oh he said the american oh. meme Watched that last night. I'm so excited. Okay, thank you. I'll watch now that. You got it. Yeah, yep, there you go. And Mike said, since that was a give, he's hoping you'll join his group, Go Gilbert. <laughs> Just kidding. He didn't say that. He didn't say that. I made that up. But Jim answered and said, excellent answer for you talking about how to do the ask inside of stories. That um, and thank you for that. We are one. Where it's time for us to jump into the consumer side of it. So on right. your end, when when. You're working, let's say that you were helping, you were assisting listing agents in the um, on how to better connect with consumers, on how to put their consumers first to uh, save time, save mm -hmm. money, right? Mm -hmm. Have less hassle. How can they use social or how can, what is your advice to them? Mm -hmm. Well, that's a big question, but I'll, I'll break it down into a few things. First of all, something you guys talk a lot about is what value can you provide that you can't just go online easily and find, right? Because we can find everything now. And so whether that's really diving into interviewing people in your community or creating, like I said, those little lists of things that maybe you don't think are that exciting as, as a checklist or a guide, but that somebody else like myself would really find valuable. Um, obviously, if you have properties that you know are are not out there yet, that's something that we can't find online. We can't go online and search for something if it's not out there yet. So I would definitely, one, I would work on their brand. You have to get your face out there. And I know it's painful. A lot of people hate the camera. They don't want to be on it. They're nervous. Um, and it's important because right now our expectation is that we want to see faces. The more we start looking at stories and the more we get used to that, we're going to start wondering why we don't see your face. And unfortunately, somebody could decide to go with someone else that has a story that's active every day or that has 
30 uh, YouTube videos. And they may not be the better, more qualified professional, but that's how we make these online, we use online cues to make these offline judgments in a second. Like for example, if somebody follows me on Instagram and they don't have a bio, I won't follow them back, which sounds ridiculous, right? Because we are just taking these split second online digital, like, do you have content? Are you active? You know, like LinkedIn, we talked about, I won't accept somebody's LinkedIn if they don't even have a cover photo, anything updated, because I just assume they never go there and they're probably never going to talk to me, which could totally be one assumption. So I think they have to work on their brand. They have to have their profiles on point. They have to create content and they have to think about what is it something that's not going to promote me all the time, ourselves, but that somebody would benefit. And it's hard to sometimes get our mindset into the seller or the buyer or the consumer mindset. That's probably the hardest part of figuring out of, you know, what we think and what we hear, what we read. Oh, I should post this, but then there's no engagement there. A lot of people just check off a list every day and say, okay, well, I posted three things to LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram, but then nothing happens. They get like one like or nothing. And then they just only feel good. that They checked off the list, which does no good for you in the end. <laughs> so don't, Post mindless content mindless just to post. Content. Post feed fillers. feed fillers. No feed fillers, no social drive by. Don't like, I mean, if you can. No, no. I, I wish that was easier. That's for dang sure. You know what? Shame on Instagram. They make it so easy to double tap your way down that feed, don't they? And that's yes. not really, we again, we value people who actually stop and make comments. And those people are building their brand by doing it. Every time you make a comment, I'm like, huh, Phil always comments on my stuff. That's cool. And it, we don't even yeah, connect. Cool. But next year, if I, you know, was, you know, looking to buy or sell, I might be like, oh, funny how you just popped into my head. Well, not really because you're constantly commenting on my stuff. Right. Mind tricks. Yes. Phil, right. Phil's a commenter. I heard, I heard, uh, <laughs> we went to, we met with a dude who was this uh, quote unquote, I don't know, maybe self, a dude, like self, self-proclaimed <laughs> influencer. Although the, I don't, anyway, and his, our he gave us a hack. Yeah. He actually, not that he gave us a hack, but he, he shared a hack, which I'm sure you've heard. And that's, oh, I just turn Instagram stories on and then walk away from my phone so that it runs through and it shows everybody that I watched their story, even though I didn't. Oh, were you sharing a hack with our audience? Yeah, that. Oh. I mean, what do you think of like hacks like that? Like this is this is it, Chelsea, right? Because you're talking about that Facebook and Instagram are adjusting their algorithms to to encourage people that comment, so mm-hmm. that you get rid of these hacks. These, mm-hmm. I mean, they used to be called black hat SEO when people were yeah. trying to trick the system back then, and now it's like this black hat interaction where right. you can't just fall asleep on it. Fall right. asleep. Right. Mm. Okay. True, and that's really Snapchat. And the way they stopped it is they changed how you can view the stories, and they they put like ads in between them. So, or and then what they did is they stopped it. So every time you'd like set it and just listen to yeah. people stuff, it stops until you tap it to go to the next person's thing. So there, people realize it's going on. Um, you can also see in your Instagram stories if people are going like this, if they're just tapping, if they're tapping and tapping and tapping through. Um, I don't look at my analytics. I name a couple. Should we name out? Should we name a couple? <laughs> <laughs> we like to call people out here uh-huh, yeah. at the solution. No, I, I don't look at my numbers or, or analytics because I know my brain and my brain would get caught up in, oh my God, why did 300 people like it last week? And now it's only a hundred. I just know myself. It's like, that's why I don't weigh myself on the scale either. It's all the same thing. Um, but it's, yes, it's, um, tempting to do a lot of the hacks and they're getting smarter though. Like, don't tell me that Instagram doesn't know someone's just like walking away and not actually putting their finger on the screen. They know that. So I don't know one day will they, will they change it? I guess. But again, it's not so much the watching the viewing people again, want the commenting, you can't have at least to my knowledge, someone auto commenting in a, a DM yet, like through stories. I know you can do it on like the feed. But they're shutting all of those APIs off for for those apps. I think though that Instagram's still into the um, they want to count those people as real people in their numbers, so they mm-hmm. really don't you know they want the best of that because there I think there's a lot of it going on. So, but we got to get to the to why we're here. Well, we just asked her. She talked about you got to have your brand out there. That was I on want the seller speci- side. I want specific. Okay, okay so okay, it's yeah, not yeah. get to all why right, we're here. Right. It's dig deeper why we're yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's funny because as I think of, of Chelsea, 
I think of her challenge is still is the same challenge that we have in trying to put the consumer first is that you work in an industry that is not really focused on social media. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're getting there and she, but she's, I mean, fortunately you have some major brands helping you, right? Like Gary V's talking about it, right? Like, you know, I know Kay Lance talks about it. like there's different brands that are helping her in this quest and trying to, cause I have to imagine that when you're out teaching, you know, around the U S now agents, it's not like you come across lots that are dominating through the, the industry through social media. Is that true or not? There's still a lot of opportunity. <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love politically correct. Yeah, she's way more politically correct than I am. Okay. Yeah. All right. So here are the solutions. Consumer first, we need to know what specific strategies do you advise, I guess, your your sales reps to help sellers in either helping them get more Jeff, you were you were worried about the internet when I, I asked you these I, questions. I, I, what you're you're repeating? I, I, we already been there when we started on the I listing was side. For, you were worried about the internet not working I on your phone. I can't find my question. So let's go to the buy side. Okay, good. So the, <laughs> she said unlisted houses already. But yeah, let's, well, let's expand on that more. I right? missed that. Right, I was that's looking okay. the whole time. I got you, buddy. That's no why, internet. That's access. why there's a co-host. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, so I'm totally lost. Go ahead. On my own podcast. That's all right. I got you, buddy. I got you. So on the seller side, you talk about helping people understand that you are the community expert. You know where the right you she even said it, the right people for me to go get a facial. I I heard your story. I missed the intro. All right. So then on the buy side, how do you suggest that agents utilize social media to help better serve their clients like how do you how do they help find houses for faster like find the best deal or for what are the other three less Less hassle hassle. yeah or in a shorter amount of time like how can we utilize social to help with that or is social purely about the brand and marketing play no it's funny because you gave me a perfect example earlier so you talked about how you started diving in the cold pool and you were just, all you were doing is basically diving in. You weren't like going into an elaborate, like, here's how it works. Here's what it is. Da, 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 da. Here's how long you do it. Um, but people were connecting with yeah, you. It's hard enough to do their own. The 40 degree yes. yeah. yeah. So the whole thing, the best part, and I, again, I'm going back to stories because social media will be all stories in a few years. But if you literally talk, you go into the different areas, you're previewing homes, you're you're looking at a subdivision that you're spending all your time and you're looking at the communities and you're just documenting this, people start to associate you with that. And they are like, oh, you're the whatever uh, Chandler person. You're always in Chandler. You're always looking at different kinds of homes. I have a friend who's in Chicago, her thing, and it didn't become her thing on purpose. She, they have basements there in Chicago and she happened to go into a lot of creepy basements and she always documented it. And it became like a funny thing where what's the creepiest basement I could go in this, this week. And people started, you know, talking to her about that and sending her basements. And and then it was like, you know, the people will suggest other things to you. They'll say, Oh my gosh, you know what? I am thinking about, you know, buying in this area or I know someone and they will help you. They almost like want to give you some of their information and we all, they all love to share their opinions and such. So I think by literally just showing what you're doing, helping clients, that the fact that you're with a client doesn't even have to be a testimonial, which those are amazing, but just seeing the process of you engaging and, and looking for a client or here's what I'm working on as a marketing campaign. You don't have to go into extreme detail about how you do it and spend 20 you know minutes talking about it. But people are like, they get it. They're picking up on the subconscious story and they're like, wow, you're always in this area. You're always coming up with solutions for your clients. You're always working on some marketing campaign. And that sticks with them. It doesn't happen right away. It sometimes it can, but it could be, you know, a year later when they're like, I'm calling that person. Yeah, I I think that agents struggle with sharing their everyday story that seems mundane, but it's really what you just even tying in what you said earlier is that that really connects people with you in that, that image. So I, I, I love that point. So I have a really funny story about mundane and weird things that people connect with. So 
last night on my story, I mean, this is, if you, this isn't the strangest thing, right. That you think nobody would ever comment on. I was talking about, you know, pajamas and like, do you put your pajamas like in the um, dryer to make them warm? Like when it's cold in the winter and that sort of thing. I'm telling you, that was the number <laughs> one that people commented on. I, not not all the 30 other stories I posted. It was that one weird random thing where people are like, oh, yes, I do this all the time. I use my hair dryer. Like, it became like a whole thing that I never thought twice about. I never thought this is going to resonate with anyone. And that's super mundane. Yeah. And it's just the little quirks that we all have that we're like, oh, mm-hmm. I do that too. <laughs> My daughter got this cutest little uh-huh, pajama. Not about your daughter. No, with it's the about footy, you. With the footy. No, we want to know about you, Jeff. Yeah, I don't wear pajamas, dude. Like, <laughs> okay, I, we don't want to know I'm about you. I'm afraid of my foot. <laughs> I'm afraid. No, no, I'm a sweatpants. You know, like I, they go to warm them up. I might shrink them, and then because we went to the cardinal game, like I'm like, what the hell? The pants aren't shrinking. <laughs> yes. No. 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 Stretchy pants. Stretchy, Stretchy pants. pants. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Isn't it funny though? It's it's but because that's it's you, very real. Yes. But when you're very real, people love the comment. Love the how many? Co- I mean, dude, Chelsea. I think that the realest I saw you, or when I first saw what I consider like a page turner for you, on the vulnerability scale, was when you talked about your eyebrows, or when you like <laughs> clean, you cleaned off your eyebrows on a on a video, and I was like, yeah. dang, dude, great. Great job to be you, right? You're vulnerable. This is me. This isn't me done up like I'm on stage at Inman. This is me for real. And when you start connecting at that level, I think that's it. It draws people in. So kudos to you for that and for you. Love social media. What's wrong with it? I love that <laughs> he does, doesn't he? Dude, he can't is, help it. Yeah, I love the art of it. I love the strategy of it. I think that there, it's just fun to watch people that get it, right? Mm. And I don't. I feel like I was on. I don't get it. It's funny. When I was on, (laughs) I thought that I I was big on social media. It was 2000 and I don't know, nine, right? I had a blog and Twitter. That's all I needed then. It wasn't Facebook. I wasn't on any of it. Yeah. And I'm frustrated that now, unfortunately, I was good at a blog and Twitter. Like I was like, like, hashtag I'm out, right? Like, but that's, that's why I talk about the decentralization of it, because you can't just be on those anymore. You have to follow the attention. I mean, if we're giving Gary Vee shout outs, I'm going to say that Gary Vee, good on you, Gary Vee. And also something that Gary Vee is very good at is understanding who his audience is. And kudos to him for putting together conferences that are geared towards realtors, towards lenders, towards title reps, towards who else? Agencies, uh, right? Yes. I think car dealers, yeah. Car dealers, salespeople that are service providers. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken, he, I mean, kudos to Gary Vee because he even asked Chelsea to be on stage at Agent 2021 this year. Yes. We're still there. So kudos to you for that as well. I mean, yeah. obviously this is a Chelsea Bragfest. Like I... I'm glad we're we good at that. it. Yeah, she's I'm got easy. Lot, a lot of good stuff out there. I'm excited to see to see where you're going, what you're doing, what's next. Oh, I don't know. I'm just getting my vision board out for 2019. It's on my wall in front of me. Um, I definitely at some point. I don't know if it'll be next year, but at some point, I I will write another book. Don't know what it will be on, but it's social media related or branding. Don't read before you teach. That sounded like a book title. <laughs> Don't reach before you teach. I also I have all those phrases. I have like don't stalk unless you talk. Like I have all these things because I don't remember. I remember them. Um, Stalking. (laughs) I tell people a really simple idea is that if you're going to go on social and you're going to either watch a story of someone's or you're going to go through the feed, don't stalk people's stuff unless you talk. It's important to do a comment, even if you're like. Okay, I commit to 10 comments, all I'm gonna do. And you go in there and you actually do it. It, uh, Over time, it will compound and it will help you build your brand and your community. So that's my don't stop before you, unless you talk. (laughs) I don't know if that's a good title though for a book. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, stalking in 2019, I think that would be a good title, right? Yeah. (laughs) Actually, unless you have a 
a whole bunch I more got questions all for kinds Chelsea. Of questions I mean, now's for the time, I mean, dude. Like, get them I, out. I mean, but we're, we're, we like to keep it to 45 minutes. Okay, we're so I'd like for you to – I want to be courteous of Miss Chelsea's time. The last question that I have for you is I just if your you question can, would be better than mine. If you can predict the – like, as a real mm-hmm. estate agent, what I should be doing in 2019, if I'm going to give this, I'm going to set aside three hours a week – so should be spending knowing that it should be 10, but I'm only going to set aside three hours a week to get better at social. Where should I be spending that, that three hours okay. B- before you answer that? And before Jeff talks, I also want to remind people that if you guys want to subscribe to our podcast, we actually, we're doing text updates now, right? Shanley. So people can get notifications. If you text the word solution to nine, nine, eight, eight, eight. I think that's what it says up here. Subscribe to our podcast, text the word solution to 99888. We'll ping you as we post 99888 content. Text solution. Was that enough time for you to craft an answer, Chelsea, or should I keep self promoing? Yeah. I'm not writing down the number. I'm going to text it. I love that. Um, There you go. I think there's, you know, we've already talked a lot about Instagram stories. If you want to know which platform for sure, Instagram is it. Facebook's having a lot of problems right now. Um, a lot of issues with data. People are mad. They're moving over to Instagram stories is where it's at. But I truly feel that if you're going to spend three hours a week, you need to learn everything you can about flash briefings on, I'm going to say Lexi, not the A word, because it'll go off right now. But you need to learn about voice like you guys are doing. You're creating content in voice. And that's so critical because we can do a lot of other things while we're listening to this podcast right now. And that's where it's going. And all the devices built into the new homes, like Lennar and KB are building a man in. Like Tesla has the has Alexa in it. And Facebook now has it. It's all going to voice. So that's what I would spend your three hours on. But you got to remember, you got to market that once you make it. So you need to use social media to do that. <laughs> wow. Right. Wow. So, wow. so cut your three One hours and a half. Yeah. Well, an hour and a half of recording yourself and then an hour and a half of promoting those recordings. Alec- uh so if you ask Alexa, can does Alexa, podcast- what time is it? <laughs> Wait a minute. No, no, no. Yeah, I'll see what's going on. No. No, she's not on yet. <laughs> I do. Yeah. I do a daily flash briefing Monday through Friday. So what do I have to say to Alexa to get her to play your daily flash briefings? Uh, I believe you can ask her to uh, I think if you're asking the device directly, you can just say, you know, enable voice of social sales and then if that doesn't work and sometimes it doesn't hear it correctly you can actually go to amazon and in amazon you can search all of the flash briefings that are available that anyone makes and it's where they keep it right under alexa skills the top right there mm-hmm. all right but i just want to make sure i understood that correctly your flash briefings are called social what are they called again it's called the voice of social sales so enable the voice of social sales and then that'll turn it on. That'll turn it on. And then every day you say to Alexa, Alexa, what's my flash briefing? And she just plays all of them. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Mm. Nice. Wow. Like okay. So my question for you is when Gary said on stage, just knowing that you were there because we saw you, and he said 18 or 19 pieces of content a day, did he mean each different <laughs> One 19 or, on Twitter, 19 okay. on stories, 19 on Facebook. Or did he mean 19? 19, I mean, because we're having trouble getting the 19 across all of them. Yeah. And we're like, we need to hire we, more people. But can we make I mean, it 19 I, across all of them I collectively? Because I actually talked about this topic. I took that and said, how can I apply that in a realistic way? For me, 19 stories a day, no problem. I mean, that that's what I look at. I look at what can you commit to doing and going all in on. So I, I physically can't imagine personally doing 19 pieces on Facebook, 19 podcasts, 19 YouTube videos. There, I would, I don't even have enough hours in the day. Plus, you know, he admits he has a team. But small little things like the stories, I for sure you can do 19 pieces of content on a story a day. That's what I'm not good at math. Can you guys figure it out? Let's say 10 second videos. Time, well, it's like times 19. So how many minutes is that? That's not very much. That's not very much. He said, "Can I add what I thought of that?" Like, I I think he's—he, I think he's tired of people asking how many pieces of content, and he knew that nineteen was a number that no one's ever going to get to, so that he doesn't have to answer that question, right? So he just is like, "Because I'm, there's just no way that I mean, if you're doing nineteen pieces of content on anything." 
you're good, right? <laughs> like, like, like yeah. not, not like, oh, I didn't do enough. Like, 19 is pretty much just like the entire day. So yeah. I was just like, good on him for wiping yeah. out everybody else. Like, 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 just do it a lot more is what he wanted to say. But if he said just do it a lot more, then nobody does anything. He's like, okay, yeah. here's a number. And then you're like, do you know what a letdown it would have been for like the audience if he was like, there's no magic number and just stop. Right. No, that's exactly what I was like. It was 19. I'm like, okay, the unachievable number. Good. You put it out there. Right. Like, did I do four? Did I do six? Did I do 12? He's like, nope, do more, do more. Cause you, cause if he gives a number, you have to succeed. If you do 19 pieces of content, you know, even on one platform for a whole year, you're going to get some attention. Yeah, I think anyway. I do, agree with you on that. I do agree with you on that. Yeah. Chelsea was next in line to ask Gary V a question when I know off I the felt mics. for you. I was like, next in line. I was, oh. she was, the mic. I was like, I was like wringing my hands. I was like, okay, we I can ask, ask, ask this. And then the world wants to know what was the question? My question was going to be Gary. I started a flash briefing. What are the top two things I should be doing other than making content on it to, you know, get it out there? Should I promote it? What should I do? Should I be buying Instagram ads? I just wanted to talk about a topic that I knew he was passionate about. Um, I probably know the answer, but I wanted to get him engaged in something that he really likes to talk about. Well, now that you just asked Gary that question on the solution of real estate yeah, podcast, he's a regular listener. He's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to push I mean, this. He's looking for him. content for Agent 2021. Yes. What is your topic going to be at Agent 2021? Uh, I am speaking on how to build a personal brand in, in a digital age. Well, I think that you have expertise in that. Yes. Congratulations <laughs> on all your success, Chelsea. In conclusion, you were freaking yeah. awesome. So, like, uh, thank you for coming on. I mean, the, the hard part is, is you just have more questions. Like, the more she talks, well, this like, could the, go on. Like, for another, yes, yeah. yes, but uh, way to lay it down. I thought thank it was great. You. Thank you for having me. I appreciate that. It was fun. Keep on keeping on. Be great. Way to go, Chelsea. Thank you. Thanks. Who gets the book? Mauricio, who gets the book? Wait a minute. What? What? Did you have any questions that you liked the most out of our studio audience, Chelsea? I'm sorry, out of our Facebook audience? You know, I did like the question about the call to action swipe up. That was good. Jim Mitchell, Jim Mitchell it is. Yeah. Let's give it up to Jim. Thank you, Jim Mitchell. Right, awesome. We'll help you get, we need to coordinate. We'll call you afterwards to coordinate the signed copy. I'll do that. Talking in Pictures, circa 2017 yeah. by the author. Pites. Happy Monday. Thank you. Yep. Thank you for listening. Now more than ever, it is important to put the consumer first. Check us out on all major streaming platforms like SoundCloud, iTunes, Player FM, Google Play, and Stitcher. Information about one-on-one -on -one coaching or solution events, text 480-530-7972.